Hello, everyone. My name is Ricky Grove, and I'm here with my friends Tracy Harwood, Damian Valentine, and Phil Rice for the and Now for Something Completely Machinima May 2023 series of podcasts. Yay! June. We have Tracy Harwood. What's that? We're in June. Oh, we are in June. That's right. Thank <laughs> you. I'm already starting out with a mistake. And Tracy, thank God you're back to correct those stupid mistakes. Yes. We missed you. We missed you very much. Oh, I missed you all so much. Yes, yes. In fact, that's going to be the subject of our first uh, episode. It's going to be Tracy's trip to the Oberhausen International Short Film Festival that was founded in 1954. She was invited to it. Um, the interesting thing is, is that this is the first year that they've included specific programming for Machinima which is probably one of the main reasons why Tracy went. Welcome back, and uh, let's start talking about what your experience was like. How did they invite you? What was the prep process and all of that? Sure. Um, well, uh, the the event itself, the, 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 themed, the themed component of it, the machinima themed component of it, was the major part of the program. And the... Um, the uh, the coordinators of that theme, um, two two uh, young men called Vladimir Nadine and Dmitry Frolov, um, contacted me out of the blue on email and asked me to be part of the panel discussion oh, um, to talk about uh, you know the whole theme of machinima. The theme was was called Against Gravity, which was a you know it was a really intriguing. Um, uh, you know the way that they put this program together so I was really glad to be uh, a part of it and really interested to hear what they got to say and the and the way that they'd um, developed it where did it take place where did it when or where where yeah what city what country and what city Oberhausen in Germany which was about okay. 20 minutes on a nice fast little train from Dusseldorf airport ah. um, so yep flew out of London City Airport which was a nice treat, nice small airport, and about an hour later, landed in Dusseldorf. And twenty minutes after that, I was in Oberhausen, which was a really interesting the... industrial town, actually. Ah, how long did the festival run? Uh, it ran from the thirty-first of May to oh, hang on, uh, twenty, I think twenty-eighth of May to the first of. No, I've got that wrong. 28th of April to the, to the 1st of May. Aha, it's my I'm turn to get you. the months. I'm infecting up. you. It was about a month ago. It was it was okay. it was a while back. <laughs> it was it was a it was a good four or five days. Unfortunately, I could only make it for a couple of days. So I flew in on the Friday night and flew out on the Monday morning. Right. Um, which was a bit of a shame because I hadn't actually seen the the full detail of the program before I had to book my flight, which meant that. Uh, the the way that they programmed it was over all of these days um, and just, you know, just sections of it were running on each day. So I only really got to see um, four, uh, four segments that they put together and they put together, you know, a, a really interesting selection of, of films across all of these days. And they what they've done is loosely programmed it to sort of represent a video game or machinima creative experience so they've kind of gone from starting the game holding the controller crack the code don't forget to save opening the map unlock the real cosplay as and then this um a retrospective of 
uh, Phil Solomon as well. Phil Solomon's work was actually the inspiration for them putting the program together. Um, and as I understand it, it's, it's again really interesting. As I understand it, what they really wanted to do was was connect analog forms of filmmaking to digital forms of filmmaking. Um, and obviously, what we're talking about here is the is avant garde film in particular. Um, so not just sort of U- YouTube um, community made machinima, fan based machinima, and what have you, um, but sort of avant, you know, sort of a a, a whole approach to avant garde filmmaking. So they so they programmed it around connecting analog to digital, um, which basically meant that within each segment, what they did was used older works and newer works um, to sort of, you know, used uh, machinima to sort of position older machinima to position what they were doing and then showcase some more contemporary work. So it was a kind of. Um, you know, sort of a, a history of, as well as um, the way that they, you know, the way that they programmed it, kind of connected these two worlds together. And and Phil Solomon, of course, was this pioneering avant-garde US-based filmmaker who passed away in 2019. Um, so they wanted to particularly use his work as the the kind of the the key driving force behind the program that they put together. I am actually hoping to interview both. Vladimir and Dimitri um, uh, as a follow-up thing um, f- for our for our show here um, because I really want to uh, ask them how they thought it went. Uh, I think when you know when you're in the midst of putting something together, as we all know, you know when you're in the yeah. midst of putting something together, you kind of get lost in the detail and you don't really sit back and take it in. But I really want to yeah. hear what they've got to say about how they thought it went, um, how they thought the audiences received it, um, because quite a lot of the stuff that I was at was sold out. Yeah. Um, and it was a, you know, it was, a, it, it was an interesting experience from that point of view too. So you had um, the panel discussion, mm-hmm. and then you had different segments for different films. Yes, loosely by, based around those themes. So you know, within say starting a game, they had a selection of of work. In actual fact, they had um, a live performance, which I unfortunately didn't see um, as part of that segment but um the ones that i particularly got uh, drawn into were opening the map and unlocking the reel um and within each each of those themes they then sort of went into that theme in in numerous kind of different ways um to you know to to select the the works that they had um didn't didn't always make a lot of sense to me i have to be honest but um you know the films were were very interesting. Most of the films I hadn't seen. Some of them, some of them I had, um, but most I would say I had not seen. And that that kind of led me down a really interesting thought process of why have I not seen these films? Well, yeah, because I mean, since we have the podcast here, you're screening literally dozens of films each week. Absolutely, uh, and you know, I'm I'm continually. Uh, uh, watching content i mean mostly you know yeah five minutes here and there with a cup of coffee whilst i'm in between doing other things is generally speaking when i watch most of the machinima that i i right. do these days but you know what what i concluded from it was that actually um a lot of the creators that they had settled on the avant-garde creators are not youtube um creators they don't do it in the same way they don't 
make content for the same audience that that machinima has been generally created for they Who are they for? well they're artists you know they they these these oh. guys these guys um artists. use machinima as <laughs> found tools exactly <laughs> as found tools many of them didn't really even recognize the term machinima or even want to be associated with the term machinima <laughs> but they use it what as a they call it uh the art creative practice using 3d engines or animation yeah oh boy some of okay. it some of that side of it i was really very very intrigued with but the distribution strategy they have is not the same that that we often see and have focused on you know they they um will enter it into uh, film festivals say uh, some of this had been open call uh, as well as, as selected, I believe. Um, some of them will be making work for galleries and have that as part of their distribution strategy. But very rarely. I mean, when I was looking at the films that I saw in the program, to see if I could find them for the blog posts that I wrote. I couldn't even find them on YouTube or Vimeo. They're just not there, yeah. um, which is a, a pity, really. Because I, I certainly think that a wider audience is something that's needed for this type of machinima too. I mean, you've often said, Ricky, haven't you? I wish we could see more avant-garde machinima. Well, you're yes, not going to if, if they keep making it exclusively for gallery-based work. I'll tell you one thing that I did think was interesting, though. Some of the game-based machinima that had been created using a game engine was being collected by galleries, and ah. a, and the kind of question that I had was was how does that work with the copyright issues that you know we've all talked about? Yeah, do, mm. I, don't, I be, don't know that you know large sums of money are exchanged here. Because uh, there would, would be assume. the whole um, public performance thing of something that's you know a copyrighted like you can make something yourself but with a game you own is different from a public place like a gallery. Um, screening something made with it, it's the whole. Um, that's an even that's a completely separate rights issue. So I have that's, yeah, it that's is a very good question. Well, it's a very good question, but also the collecting issue is a, is one what I was kind of thinking of, hmm. because you can get away with um, showing things on public screens, um, relatively easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Though but interestingly, private... music. Oh. It's not so easy. Like music if, is if a different there, thing, yeah. Yeah, if, if there's if there's commercial music and it's played in a public space, even in like a retail store, there's a separate license in there's place for that. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I, I wonder, you would think that, uh, I guess maybe video games, it's, it's, you know, it's not something that they've had occasion to, uh, to, to clamp down on. Not yet. Not yet, yeah. But like I said, it, the, the whole kind of distribution strategy, completely different. Yeah. Um, and Did you see some really interesting films? I, yeah, I, I've um, written on the on the blog post about some of the films that I did see. Some of them were actually more about the use of machinima than the machinima itself. Um, I think um, Solomon's work actually was was really quite quite interesting um the you know what they what they did there fascinating way they did this they showed two 
films um on i think they were on 16 mil film um so you hear the click clack of the the projector going in the background for 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 these two films um and they they and the, these films had been um uh, they'd had like an emulsion applied to them so they they were they were um, corrupted Hmm. um films really really i'd never seen this done before it was really interesting to sort of try and make out what it was that was being shown there but then um then that was sort of juxtaposed against three um gta films in which solomon was um uh you know he'd made these films in memory of of a friend that he had lost uh and was basically exploring the glitch in the in the game and you know to my mind what he what he appeared to be doing was looking for his friend that he played this game with in the glitches mm -hmm. um and you know there were all sorts of other interpretations of what these films were about um which was 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 quite interesting but but that sort of use of the game and the way that the um the assets were explored uh or not explored um you know, and the and the narrative sort of pulled through the through the game was a was a really kind of interesting approach um, to uh, you know to the development of 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 the work there. Yeah. Um, I think what what intrigued me about that also was one of the artists that was there showcasing some of his own work, not actually machinima work, although I believe he does do machinima. He'd, he commented that he never understood why Solomon moved to machinima at all in this move between analog and digital. Um, but, you know, the, the fact that the, 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 you know, digital is about, or, you know, or the, or the development of, of 3D virtual environments are now being used for sort of story-making worlds and storytelling uh, you know, creating creating stories, making stories, creating stories in really interesting ways was was something that this guy saw as being genuinely pioneering on the part of Phil Solomon, who was one of the first he saw doing this. Um, right. So it kind of made him sit up and think about what digital practice really is and what these new digital tools are for filmmaking. Mm. And that, I think, is quite interesting because although... Um, I believe Sam Crane's um, version of was it was it Hamlet that he did a few weeks back, a few months back that we touched on on the podcast. Um, Sam had basically commented that uh, you know the um, this this was important for a whole range of of well a whole range of reasons, but he kind of missed the point of 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 this move between analog and digital and what digital actually means in this context you know, the, the move from 2D to 3D, um, which I think was the real, that was, to me, was the key point being made here. The fact that, you know, you you know what, because, in, again, one of the questions that was asked at the panel was, you know, this idea of 3D is something that keeps being revisited. And primarily that audience were film people. They weren't, they weren't game or machinima people at all. So they were asking that from the point of view of film. And again, so the more I was sort of thinking about that, I was thinking actually 3D means entirely different things in film and our game worlds. Mm. Um, 
and it's realized in different ways. And I don't ever, I'm just going to ask you guys, have you ever, do you ever remember seeing a 3D film machinima? I don't. I don't ever remember seeing a machinima that had been created as a stereoscopic film, which is what they meant by it. Yeah, I oh, haven't. I uh, I, I'm sure that someone's experimented with it, though, because, simply because uh, at its peak, MovieStorm had quite quite a user base. Uh, and okay. MovieStorm actually had a rendering option uh, directly from the program to render in stereoscopic mode. So Did someone they? out there mm. has experimented with it, but I've not actually seen the outcome of that. No, I, no, I experimented I with it. It's just not worth the effort. And I believe iClone has the rendering. iClone has it too. too. That's right, Damien. Yeah, yeah, it sure does. But I don't think I've seen anything made with a game. I imagine that would take extensive modding to be able to do the yeah. effects. Yeah, that would be challenging. Mm. Yeah, that would. So, yeah, well, that was another particularly interesting discussion, which I don't, right. I'm not sure we really, I'm not sure they really understood the key differences here between yeah. what we talk about in, in, 3D virtual environments and what they understand 3D to mean, which kind of led me to the conclusion that maybe there there isn't a language to describe machinima easily to a film only audience. Um, yeah. If they you know, if, the if one of the one of the things is going to be, you know, more machinima being made accessible to a film audience, which I yeah. you know it sounds like it is going to be. Now you mentioned that there was a panel discussion. I remember reading in your blog, there was a rich difference of opinion and debate in the panel. What were some of the issues that the you guys were debating and who was on the panel? Sure. Uh, well, um, Gemma Fantacci was was on the, the panel. She's the part of the Milan Machinima Film Festival team. Um, and now Ip, Ip Yayuk. I think is how you pronounce his name, or Yuk Yai. Uh, forgive me, I haven't got the name correct. Um, and also Alice Bucknell, um, with both um, Dimitri and Vladimir. So, so we were a panel of of six with um, six very different perspectives on it. Alice is an artist, basically, using Unreal Engine um, as a as a tool set in which she develops her creative practice. Okay. Um, so she's got a very specific way of working using Unreal Engine as a tool. She's in the process also apparently of making a game. She's um, very interested in using AI tools as well. So she'd use chat, uh, GPT-3 um, in order to create a virtual language to complement one of the films that was shown which was which was absolutely fascinating but primarily used as a as a, a three channel art installation not a single channel film um so that consumption experience i think was was quite interesting I have to say a little long i can't imagine sitting in a gallery and watching uh an installation for 20 minutes or half an hour or an hour i wouldn't do that most people wouldn't. I don't think they kind of sample things and move on, um, which kind of does raise yet more interesting questions about how people are telling telling stories with machinima for gallery experiences. 
what are they expecting of the gallery experience? I don't know. Anyway, so Alice's Alice's um, work as a as an artist was one thing. Ip's work as a as a as a filmmaker, I didn't actually see, but he's using, um, you know, he's very he, he was very clear that he was a passionate gamer, and that machinima was a as a was a found tool, but he was a filmmaker primarily. Um, so he kind of saw the um, saw these things as very different. I think, um, although described himself as a as an avid game player, uh, on which he'd spent many hours. Um, and then, obviously, Gemma's interest is the avant-garde machinima. Um, right. She's very much interested in counterculture, and machinima fits quite clearly into that for her. And and me, I suppose, coming at it from the perspective of of the 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 older perspective, the more of the origins of it, more of what we we do now on the on the on the show, more about community. I've always been very passionate about the fact that machinima is all about community um, and right. the fact that we're you know reviewing now films that are made um almost without consideration of community is is is, is something that I think still uh still rankles a little bit with me except for the fact that you know the YouTube community is there mostly um yeah. and much, much of the content is consumed uh through that channel. Which Did is why I think the avant-garde sits in a slightly different way for me. Did that come up in the debate that you had? The uh, Yes, I did bring that one up, yes. I mean, the other thing that I think I brought up, I think, was the fact that much of machinima is not made for the big screen. Uh, you know, you're sitting there watching a film on a theatre screen and the detail that you see on, on machinima films it's just not what you would look at when you are making the film on computer screens or even consuming it on YouTube. That's just not what you right. see. And even more so if you go to, you know, the 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 mobile device or the iPad screen. It's most machinima isn't made for that kind of consumption experience. And um, which I think raises some yet more interesting questions. And what was interesting through that discussion was it's clear that not a single one of the directors that I saw had even considered that as part of the way that they go about creating the film. Huh. Uh, which are, again, very interesting. Yes, indeed. Uh, so what were some of the uh, topics that came up that uh, we could would be interested in hearing and the topic well i mean it was it was an i think it was an hour and a half long panel uh the topics were primarily you know what are the origins of machinima um what's the the future of machinima what's the practice that each of these um panelists have in terms of their use of machinima and then opened up for questions from the audience really what were the questions like from the audience well, the one about 3D was 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 particularly interesting. There was another one about um, uh, uh, poetry, the role of um, machinima as poetry, and I, I confess that was that was directly tapping into the avant-garde world, which uh, I'm not really massively au fait with. So that was one I couldn't really make much of, except for the fact, you know, literally, poetry we have seen being made. Um, you know, as a as a we we've seen 
we've seen machinima used to accompany poems being retold. Sure. Um, or, you know, I mean, who was that wonderful director who did was the specialist in medieval culture yes. and mythology? Yes. Um, she, um, in Second Life, she did a whole series of of medieval poems. Oh, how could I forget her name? Yes. Is I it thought... Hypatia? Yes. Hypatia Pickens. 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 Thank, you. Yeah. Thank you. Now, there's yeah, somebody... hers, hers was the name I couldn't recall on the day either. Oh boy! I know. I was very disappointed. I did. I did sort of say, well, you know, Ozymandias, Hughes Ozymandias, um, was you know something that was put together very early on. I mean, it's it's not something that we've we've seen. But I got the distinct impression that wasn't really what the question was about. It was more right. about the poetry of the game. Yeah. So so there was interest in the role of the game, mm. um, as a you know as a as a form of 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 avant garde. Right. But um, you know the the, you, the the talking about the the way machinima is made and the way it was originally consumed within within game environments, sharing dem files and all that sort of thing. It it was straight over their head. They didn't really. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get any of that at all. But in terms yeah. of the future of of machinima, and you know some of the things that we've talked about in the past. Um, you know, such as the role of different technologies and, you know, the way people are using things like Unreal Engine to create games and then use them um, for their own, uh, uh, you know, to create their own story worlds and what have you. All of those are things that uh, people fully understand, I think. It's just a case of, you know, who has the the skills to do that. Uh, and so now, I, what did you come away with after the festival? I remembered in your essay, you talked about how you were surprised at such a different perspective on machinima that so many of the uh, people you met had. I, I, yeah, I think, um, I, I, I felt that the, that community of machinima people had kind of missed the point of it a little bit. Um, which was all about sharing and learning from each other and engaging in discussion to push each other. That to me has been the essence of machinima and what uh, what originally attracted me to 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 machinima in the first place. The, you know, not only have you got the, all these amazing creative people, but the fact that they are then willing to engage in a discussion about this and that and and learn and improve and and so on and all of that side of it to me is missing in that avant-garde world yeah because yeah. it's all about the artist yeah um it seems to be focused on museum and curation and academics and and the artist you know it's the artist doing it for them they don't care yeah. about the audience or the community or the other people working with these tools it's not really about you know it's not it's not they're not really pushing each other in that sort of way they're pushing themselves in their creative practice it's all yeah. about them yeah well i i remember we've had some interesting films from um, the milan machinima festival that we picked and i picked and i always thought that those particular films that we had were from people who understood the game because they had played it yes and so part of their film, as, as abstract as it was, 
was commenting on the game itself in in a way. Phil yes. had a choice once. I remember some extraordinary moment in where a guy was going across this field and there was a dog. I can't remember where it was, but it was just so moving to me for some reason. But it seems like that connection isn't the case. They're just using it like pigment, like an oil painter mm -hmm. uses paint. I, they I don't really it, have a connection to the game itself. Yeah, I called it a matrix when when I because I wrote a um, a manifesto for Machinima several years ago now, and one of the things that I referred to was the fact that it the game was the the creative matrix, just like a board and the oils and the brush and whatnot would be part of the matrix of the creating of a painting. Yeah. And, um, because... but, but it still misses that key bit for me. That's right. Because um, if you look at the, say, just for an example, the Half-Life 2 machinimas, you have an already built-in viewership of people who know the backstory. Absolutely. And who are informed by the backstory which is why a music video like Still Seeing Green has such a profound and funny impact on audiences. If you show that video to so-called artists, they might find something to admire in it, but they would no way catch any of the other meanings behind the, the video. Exactly. But because it is- they hadn't, they hadn't experienced the story of the game. Indeed, and uh, but it, but it is, you know, a lot of the machinima that we review now is is devoid of fully understanding the environment in which it is made. So it is a it is a standalone story. I mean, if I, I remember a few weeks ago, we we talked about Astartes made in Warhammer forty k, right. and you know we got we got a little bit of uh, flack for for you know not fully understanding the Warhammer forty k world but that's not we really what we, we didn't were... even understand the basic moral structure of exactly. the characters <laughs> there <laughs> exactly exactly but you know some some of this doesn't have to be tied to the game world specifically except for the fact that the game world adds adds to whatever it is you're doing Yes, it does. Um, uh, and it's part and, of the uh, appeal of know, doing machinery. The more you know about it, it's just like a super fan of Star Wars watching the Star Wars again. You know, they, they're going to know detail yes. that, you know, somebody else just watching it wouldn't yeah. have. It's, uh, you know, it's the it's the levels and the, and the you know, the, the layers of depth of understanding that I think is very interesting. Yeah. But like I said, I think the real, the real, point of the of the um program was this connection and and a very timely connection between analog and digital mm. and the and the fact that it's included in an environment like this where they fully recognize that digital is the future of film with all those nuances yeah. i think will open the floodgate for more um machinima created work to be included in film festivals if they have yeah, the it's very important the fact that this long i mean 1954 they've established a tradition of of uh bringing information on film the fact that they included it is a way of saying now this is something to take a look at absolutely this could be a tool how whether it's part of a community-based machinima approach 
or individual artists, however they do it. Yeah. Are they going to bring back more programming machine and machinima next year? Well, there was certainly some whispers of it when I was there. So, um, I, you know what, I'm, I'm certainly going to be um, keeping my ears to the ground, see, uh, see what okay, comes great. of it. I would love to see them picking up the baton and running with it in this, um, in this way. That's great. Um, I, I think there's definitely lots of scope for it, and you know, certainly, you know, new, new kinds of concepts that we're seeing coming. I mean, not. Is this a new kind of concept? It's not really, but the but the fact that you've got, um, you know, uh, Disney and uh, brands like Marvel rolling out story tropes across theme park film and virtual environment and chatbots and so on and so forth. I mean, this surely has to be something that's going to start stimulating new new approaches to. Um, distributing content, I think. And if it's not included in these festivals, what are these festivals about? Right. Just well, thank you, stuff. Thank you very much for sharing your experience there. Um, do guys, do you have any uh, final questions you want to ask her? Not a question, no. but just a quick comment. Uh, as somebody sure. who kind of, you know, loosely pays attention to film festivals and occasionally looks and sees, uh, you know, hey, it would this, you know, accept the kind of content that that we make? Um, one thing that I liked about the idea of this festival was the loose theme, the ambiguous, somewhat ambiguous theme of what did you say it was, Tracy? Like against gravity or something along those lines? Yeah, against gravity. Yeah, yeah. and I, I, so many film festivals that that I've looked at, particularly short film festivals, um, which I might be exploring for. Hey, do they accept? machinima content or not and it will the theme will be like so narrow that it's it it's it it's so exclusionary that that restricting yeah so it's you know women in the workforce in wyoming okay <laughs> if i happen to make a film about that this year i guess i can enter it but if not it doesn't even matter if they make you know if they accept machinima it's like what yeah, so and, right. well, many of them are very narrow like that, uh, that it may be a, a particular, not just broad like social justice, but a particular aspect of social justice, of this particular thing of, you know, police yeah. malfeasance in southern Ohio. It's like, man, come on. You know, so I, I love the idea of of I would love the idea of stumbling upon a short film festival that had a broad category like that, that's open to, to use in metaphor and different interpretations and and then even even with that loose theme tracy you you mentioned i think earlier that it was hard to kind of exactly see how this how, how something that they selected actually fit with the theme well i yeah. think that's okay yeah the theme having a looser theme isn't just good for the filmmakers it's also good for the for the the people running the exposition that it gives them more license to go hey let's just let's just snag this you know let's we want to include this we want to show this anyway so uh, I hope more more film festivals will will go in that direction. I'm sure they've got good reasons for why they do this specific thing, but I just don't think they're good reasons. Um, so <laughs> well, I get well, it. I think it's a shame that not more festivals have included machinima in, yeah, in their program. I, I don't. I've never really fully understood why they haven't. Um, given, I mean, 
we have seen over the last 20 odd years, 30 years nearly, some of the most amazing content being created that, you know, has had millions and millions of views once it's hit more popular platforms. Why on earth would you not include things like that in programs that showcase, you know, um, trends in the development of work? Because well, a lot of the people that make choices about those sorts of things are people who don't spend the same amount of time that we do. They just look at the what news and what's most popular. And what was most popular in Machinima? Red versus blue. And if <laughs> yeah. you look at red versus blue, it's all about fart jokes and shit like that. Not at the beginning, but that's what it became. So that became the representative of what Machinima was. And I think many uh, studios and people saw that as low class. As a and some some of it too. Let's you know. Let's be frank. The 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 game companies themselves have not exactly been at all helpful in that regard. They've kind there of irradiated go. machinima made with their game with this sense of ooh, we better not touch that. If they have any lawyers employed for their festival at all, they're going to go no 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 no. We can't. Yeah, and that yeah. that stinks, you know. Uh, and I don't know how to fix that. It's been a problem for twenty years, uh, more. Yeah. So, um, but that's part of it too. I'm sure is that it's just uh, it's legal hot potato uh, if it's made with a game, which is a real shame. Yeah. Um, not just for the filmmakers, but for for those festivals too. It, it's it's probably going to take someone involved with festivals like that reaching out to. Yeah, those companies and saying, look, yeah. what can we do here? Because we'd like to show this. It's win-win as far as I'm concerned. Well, you know, which is why I think by the which fact is why that... I think universe, uh, um, um, Unity and Unreal have become such an important yes. uh, tool exactly. because yeah. they take that element that you're talking about away. They yes. Do. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, those but, platforms have no issue with that whatsoever. But you know what? They were also really interested that when when we um when we did the 2007 festival, I put on the judges panels um members of Microsoft and Rockstar Games <laughs> um simply to try and sidestep some of these kinds of issues. Sure. Sure. Um and that you know that was a that was a strong strategy. But here, what we've got are artists making money out of this, the work that they're creating and distributing. This is not the case with most machinima. No. They're not I... making money out of it. And yet it's still making it into this platform. And as I said, being sold, being shared in gallery spaces, which, you know, largely doesn't have the same issues, of course, as, um, you know, YouTube or whatever. Um is managing to get around some of the issues that <laughs> this community has faced. Good for them. Good for them. Yeah. Quite. Well, all right. Why don't we wrap this up? Um, thank you very much, Tracy, for sharing your experiences. It um, and for the rest of you guys for your interesting comments and discussions. Um, Tracy, I'm sure we'll have a, a smaller write-up, but I refer you to her great blog post on the uh, uh, festival experience at our main website, completelymachinima.com. We also welcome your comments. Perhaps you're an artist uh, uh, who works in machinima and are deeply offended by 
our comments on this show. We'd love to hear your excoriations and um, your comments and, and your screed. So send that to talk at completelymachinima.com because we welcome it. Those I thought who you were going to give them my email address. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> give direct, directly to you. No, Bill's personal email. Yeah. And thank you guys uh, and welcome back, Tracy. It's good to have you here. Uh, next you. week, we'll start on our regular cycle of films. Damien has picked some really good ones and that'll start it off. Well, thanks a lot, folks. We'll see you again next time. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Bye.